So I have to tell you a little story um, before I read the scripture this morning, because I was reminded this week, actually vividly reminded this week, that God has a very good sense of humor. You see, I was up in my office, which if you don't know, is up in the balcony, actually, and I was reading the passage for today, and the passage that I'm about to read is part of what is known as Jesus's farewell discourse. It's comprised of Jesus's teachings on the eve of his death. And so thinking I was completely engrossed in scripture and these farewell teachings, I suddenly noticed that Janet Metzen Reynolds and her fellow performers who will be doing the opera concert here um, in May, and they were practicing some of their songs from the Sound of Music. So I thought, all right, I've got to get back to studying scripture. I continue to read the farewell discourses, and I hear Janet belting out, so long, farewell, I'll veter saying goodbye. It's funny. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. And I thought God thought it was hysterical, and the singers thought it was hysterical. Okay. It was hysterical, right? All right, geeky church humor, me. So, back to scripture. The farewell discourse actually begins with this beautiful line. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus goes on to show his disciples just how much he loved them. He washes their feet. He assures them that their hearts should not be troubled because he goes to prepare a place for them. He tells them that his father will give them another advocate once he is gone, the Holy Spirit. And he breaks bread and he shares wine with them and gives them the great commandment. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. His love and grace are unconditional for them, even though he knows that Peter will deny him and Judas will betray him. And so we too are assured of his unconditional love and reminded of that every time we share the bread and drink the wine. And then Jesus tells this beautiful story of how to abide in his love and know complete joy. From the Gospel of John. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches, and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. 
May God continue to bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all our hearts and minds and souls be pleasing unto you this day and always. Amen. Well, we typically hear much of Jesus' farewell discourse during Holy Week. Jesus washing the disciples' feet and Peter's betrayal and, of course, the Last Supper and the Love Commandment. And so initially it struck me as rather odd that the lectionary has us reading this story of the vine and the vine maker, also part of the farewell discourse, post-Easter. But the more I read and studied this passage, the more I realized it's perfect timing, because I've actually been on a bit of a post-Lenten guilt trip. It happens every year, and every year I tell myself it's not going to happen again, but it does, and here's why. Ash Wednesday arrives, and in addition to our own beautiful Lenten devotional, I always choose some other wonderful daily Lenten reading that I promise myself this year I will read every day without fail. And then every Monday, Thursday arrives, and I hear how Peter has failed Jesus, and the story cuts me to my core because I, too, have failed by not living up to my Lenten vow to stay with Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights by simply reading and studying and praying the Lenten prayers that I've promised to read every day. Well, humbly, I confess, I read every day for about two weeks, but then I got busy and distracted and missed a few days reading, got back on track, but then missed a few more days, and so it went. And I know that many of you did much better than I did, but I also know that some of you may have had a similar Lenten experience, finding it hard to stay with our Lenten intentions for the full 40 days. So this reading from the Gospel of John comes exactly at the right time, because in spite of a less than perfect Lent, Jesus leaves us with this poignant story reminding us that we are to abide in his love always, not just during a designated season like Lent, but always, because he always abides in us. The Gospel of John repeats the word abide 50 times, and no less than 11 just in this passage. But just like staying true to our Lenten spiritual practices can be daunting, this abiding with Christ presents a challenge as well. Even one of the brothers of the Society of St. John says this, if I'm honest, it's a real challenge to abide in Christ for the long haul. There are powerful forces in society that distract us, but through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are prodded to stay awake to pay attention, to remain in relationship with Christ. Well, abiding in Christ means we abide in love. And so maybe recognizing just how much love, um, how much we are loved, will help us remember that love. And so reflect for a moment when you've experienced or witnessed God's promise of love. Maybe you were liberated from a time in your life when you felt imprisoned by your own self-doubt. Maybe you've witnessed justice rolling down like waters so that you could testify to God's reign happening one drop at a time here on earth. Maybe you've emerged ever so slightly from the dark tunnel of grief and sorrow into the shadow of daylight, feeling God's presence and love with you. 
Maybe God's love was palpable to you in the hearing of a breathtaking piece of music or the touch of a child's hand or the smile from someone you deeply love. What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you touched to cause you to be convinced of God's love? So part of abiding in God's love is to stay awake and aware to it when it shows up. It's living with our eyes wide open, your heart open to the possibility of God's grace. It's being quiet and silent and listening. And abiding is also about relationship. What does it take to sustain a love relationship? Well, Jesus left these wonderful stories and symbols of his love. In his divinity and his humanity, he washed our feet. He invites everyone to his table to break bread and sip the wine to be reminded over and over again of his forgiveness and love that we might have abundant life. And he reminds us that we will bear amazing fruit if we stay attached to his loving vine. And of course, his most generous gift of love was to come to live among us to know what it's like for us to suffer. His compassionate presence is with us in all our sorrow and pain. And what greater gift of love could we ask for than his promise of peace and hope? For he goes ahead to prepare a place for each of us. The empty cross is evidence and testimony to just how much God loves us and God's promise to be with us through all things. The resurrection is the promise that no matter how much tragedy we endure, these hardships will not last forever. Christ has died. Christ has risen, and Christ abides in each of us. But how do we remain true in our relationship with Jesus, with anyone for that matter? Well, there once was a man who was waxing eloquent to his wife of how much he loved her. He told her he would even die for her. That won't be necessary, she responded, unimpressed. Just pick up that towel and help me with the dishes. Well, Jesus doesn't expect us to die for him either, but I think he may be asking us to pick up a towel and help. You see, obviously this woman just wanted a little help from her husband and as a sign of his love for her. And Jesus has a similar need. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. I love you, now love one another. I washed your feet. Now wash one another's. I fed you the bread of life. Now go and feed one another. Well, there was a touching story recently in the news about a couple who had been married 30 years but were struggling to make it work and found themselves on the brink of divorce. The husband wrote that he knew he loved his wife and he trusted that she loved him, but they just didn't seem to know anymore how to make their relationship work. In what he described as an epiphany, he realized, of course, that he couldn't change his wife, but he could change himself. And so he began asking his wife this simple question, how can I make your day better? The first day he asked her, she told him to clean the kitchen. Gentlemen, you may want to take note of the theme developing here about help in the kitchen. Two different stories, but they're all about the kitchen. But the second day when he asked her, how can I make your day better, she asked him to clean the garage. 
and in spite of his already busy day, he cleaned the garage. He asked her every day for two weeks, and finally, at the end of those two weeks when he asked, she broke down and wept. She said, what I really want is to spend more time with you. Well, I imagine Jesus would answer the same way if we asked him, how can I make your day better? Begin spending more time with me, Jesus would reply. Henry Nouwen reflects on this very thing. I know that abiding is an invitation to total belonging, but the anxiety that has plagued me from time to time shows that a great part of me is not yet abiding in Jesus. My mind and heart keep running away from my true dwelling place, and they explore strange lands where I end up in anger, resentment, or fear. I know that living a life of faith means bringing every part of myself home to where it belongs. In communion with Jesus, the vine, my little life can grow and bear fruit. I know it, but I do not always live it. I keep exploring other sources of life outside of Jesus. And of course, we do too. We often think that a bigger house or a more prestigious job or a new wardrobe or all those things on our list of things to do will make us feel whole. And yet so often we still feel unfulfilled, restless, sad, or that enough is really never enough. But Jesus patiently keeps saying, come back to me and give me all your burdens, all your worries, all your fears and anxieties. Trust in me and you will find rest. Abide in my love. Spend time with me. And right here in scripture, he tells us to ask what he might do to make our day better. For he says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask for whatever you wish. Well, imagine a world where we were all out there asking Jesus for what we need and then asking one another, how can I make your day better? And then like in any good loving relationship, we stop and listen to what our loved one answers. And I don't know, maybe we'll all be doing a lot of dishes and we'll all have really clean kitchens, or maybe we'll actually spend more time being with those we love. And if we truly abide with Jesus, we'll find ourselves asking those who are even, no, not just even, perhaps especially hard to love, how can I make your day better? There is an Italian expression, I hope I get this right, Tivolio bene, which can be interpreted as I love you, but a better translation actually is, I want good for you. What a lovely way to love someone, to want nothing but good for them. And this is certainly how Jesus loves us. And so may we go back out into the world abiding in Jesus, not just today, but for the long haul, and asking one another, how can I make your day better. Tivolio bene. Amen.